everybody, welcome back to the Great and Terrible AHS. I am Ty Tuesday, once again joined by Miss Shadow Lovely and Slow Beef. Hey gang, what's good? Yo, um, yo. We ended on what was uh, perhaps the most out-of-pocket funny scene in all of American Horror Story with the Monsignor um, full-on Belmont strutting into a room and rosary whipping a record uh, off its tray. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, we're doing the second half of... Oh shit! What's the, is this Nor'easter? No, what's this the, is no, the, that was way uh, earlier. Origins of Monstrosity. Or Origins of Monstrosity. Oh, yeah. The Origins of Monstrosity, of which I thought there is no way they will top this as far as bad titles. And uh. I, I don't remember what the next one is, but I remember being mad and thinking it was something along the lines of like Dark Stephen or some <laughs> shit. And just because so you can't name an episode Let's, Dark Stephen, that's Let's, not allowed. What do you say we leave it for the? The end just to re- as our little reveal yeah. to talk yeah <laughs> uh, see how close i was yeah my favorite character dark steven <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah we were talking about before we started recording how um the scene where the monsignor comes in the room and just shit whips the rosary at the record player is just truly one of the funniest things um in this yeah. show period in any of the and the thing is I don't think they were trying to be funny with it. I think yeah. they meant for that to be like a cool badass scene where like That's- the Monsignor's <laughs> like, here's the power. The power of Christ compels you, bitch. Um, yep. But it's just so goddamn funny. <laughs> the yep. more I was thinking about it, the more I'm like, okay, what director could pull this off? And I was like thinking, all right, if Spike Lee did a movie that involved the church, this scene could be fucking sweet. <laughs> Like, ironically, I bet he could land it. Um, American Horror Story does not have the the gumption or the chops of one Spike Lee, I will say. Well, because then they immediately follow it up with, like, him power stanced and the mom said I could have my turn on the Xbox, like, power stance while he's looking across the room. Like, I don't know why they chose to make that a wide shot. So we see them standing, him and Arden, like, across the room from each other. And, like, his body is fully in view. And so you can see his dumb ass stance that he's in. Nothing to obscure him. Like Arden's like halfway behind a desk. He's just standing in the doorway. Doesn't know what to do with his hands. He's hover handsing himself. They're like, hmm. I don't know, <laughs> two inches away from his thighs, and his feet are way too far apart from each other. Yeah. Basically, imagine like the final confrontation of a JoJo is about to start up and it's like the ending shot of the episode before of all the, of the, the two biggest men you've ever seen walking at each other in an intimidating fashion. They usually throw a Dutch angle up to like add a little bit of interest, add a little bit of skew, make it feel like you're coming right. from one perspective. Um, now imagine only one of them got the memo and the other one was just like doing paperwork. <laughs> like <laughs> That's kind of what happens. It's like the Monsignor is like, I'm ready to fucking fight you, man. And Arden's just behind the desk like huh oh what's up you need don't like mozart huh (laughs) hey i was listening to that what are you doing my record player oh no that's probably the only way you could play it off right like it's like i can't let this priest know he's gonna kick my ass so it's just like he he doesn't have yeah he doesn't have a cool like oh response to it or anything like it's no like he's not intimidated (laughs) he's excited it's just like Oh, geez, man. Come on. He does have like the quippy one liner that you kind of like alluded to of like, oh, not a fan of Mozart. Like, which is Yeah. Honestly, as much as Arden's the the worst TM, um, pretty good one liner, pretty snappy comeback for, has, for a man uh, who yeah. is owning himself. Like this man walked into the room owning himself with that rosary whip. Like Yeah. 
Arden's, Arden knows that he has the upper hand here. And he does. He has the upper hand, and that's where it kind of, that's where we left off, is like, um, essentially, um, Monsignor's like, hey, I know I've been letting you do all this bad stuff for forever because you said that it was going to be good and that it would make me be the Pope of New York or something. <laughs> um, it is unclear how these steps are related, but you went for it, yeah. and that's on you. <laughs> um, and it turns out um, I'm probably not going to be the Pope of New York if you keep doing this, because you are uh, murdering people and doing mm-hmm. horrific experiments on them. Also found out you might be a Nazi slash are a Nazi. Um, I am not super cool with that. Like, I think that's the thing, too, is, like, we knew or were shown in, like, that scene that, like, obviously the Monsignor's, like, on board with Arden doing his like experiments and stuff, but I don't think Arden was ever like forthcoming with the information of like, yeah, I was a Nazi doctor who did hella experiments I, on people. I think he was just like, I'm a doctor who wants to make an everything vaccine, um, I, um so that people can survive with nuclear yeah. bombs or something. I don't think I don't think the Monsignor knew he was a Nazi. <laughs> That's I, fair. I, I mean, maybe he should have picked up on the vibes. You right. know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that lady who wasn't Anne Frank picked up on the vibes immediately. My my head canon is kind of like the, his his pope ambition was so high he didn't like he was kind of like I'm not gonna look too deeply at this you know it's like oh Han, um you you accidentally called yourself Hans once but you know I don't worry about it Arden you know yeah fine. I'm not worried about it I'm not gonna look into it it's fine I'm just, you I'm sneezed in German one time but I'll let it slide what? I guess like, that's the what thing. you will take me to the, you know I, 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 I stole it I stole it from the critic I can't I'm sorry Order, orders three beers and holds up his thumb when he's ordering them and everyone's like huh that's weird oh well. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, he doesn't have an accent or anything. And honestly, I think that everybody watching the show was probably just as blindsided as the characters are when they're like, oh, by the way, Arden's a Nazi. Because, like, it doesn't make any sense. It's totally unnecessary. Yeah. It's totally unnecessary. It it doesn't make sense. And also, like, he's already well-established enough as an antagonist. He's killing people and turning them into monsters in a misguided attempt to achieve eternal life. Like, It's, it's cool. He's already the villain. It's weird, you know, because it's weird, right? Because it's like, it's too edgy. It's like, it's like, instead of Frankenstein, let's have Mengele in our hearts. Or it's like, let's not. Let's not do that. You know, like, we yeah. Yeah. Frankenstein's fine. Yeah, but. <laughs> I, this is going to sound, this is going to sound absolutely atrocious. Like, not, it's not like anything bad, but like the only thing I can think of, and this is um, unfortunately something we've seen in almost every season that we've talked about, um, including the first one. Um, it almost seems like they saw, and I think Slobie's said something kind of to this effect before of like them wanting to cover like true crime events. Yeah. Um, it's almost like they were looking at like the list of like the worst atrocities that like have ever happened. Yeah. And they're like, well, how are we going to fit the Holocaust in our show? <laughs> and I, this was their way of doing that. I, um, you know, and, or, you know, it's like, cause I, I'm not going to get into it cause it's gross, gross, but like Mengele, if it wasn't, if he weren't a real person and did this to real people has these sort of terrible stories where like it would almost fit like a horror thing because like, 
again, unlike like Operation Paperclip or any of the other stuff, like he had no, it was no medical value to what he was doing. He was basically yeah. like doing like horrible sur- surgery things because he was yeah, like separating fuck. twins and then inflicting harm on one to see if the other responded. Right. Things or like, like that, just suturing people useless, together. Yeah, yeah, dumb guy, useless shit that only a totally meth-ridden like yeah. army would allow to stand. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and you yeah. know, it's like one of those things that you could almost see like American Horror Story, like, ooh, that's kind of like horrific it's like body it's like real stuff but like if you're a normal person you're kind of like but it's such a like it's the subject matter i should leave that alone this is my fx also they feel the need to like one up it you know they're (laughs) like what he was doing was bad but now it's worse and i'm like it's not worse than the holocaust (laughs) man shut the fuck up shut the fuck up slow down jabroni yeah (laughs) that's i don't know as as like a person who's like really into horror that's one thing that always like grinds my gears a little and like american horror story is far and away like the worst i've ever seen about it um is when a a property whether it's a tv show a game or a movie Mm -hmm. um specifically draws on like not real life horror because sometimes that is like obviously that's like what natural disaster horror movies are about but like when they draw off of something real bad that happens something like actual tragedy that happened and make it a fictionalized like add it to their fictional bad yeah. thing that's happening then it's like well that i when i agreed to watch this i was engaging in a social contract where i was agreeing to watch a fictionalized um peril not a snuff film so yeah. i don't really want to see the fictionalized version <laughs> of a real bad thing that happened, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right, because it goes from being like a funny horror show and or movie you're watching to a reenactment, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's a huge difference. That's a huge difference. I watched somebody in Final Destination have like a log bounce off of a truck in an impossible way, flip through the air, slam through the windshield and hit them in the face, killing them instantly. And I go, ah, and I go, I hate that. I don't like imagining that happening to me, but I don't like think actively like, oh yeah, that happens to people all the time. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing too. And you know, it's funny. It's not even a particularly tough needle to thread. Because even, like, Final Destination has, like, a, I think there's, like, a NASCAR kind of uh, set up for one of them, right? And oh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is it's like, like a Dale Earnhardt thing, yeah. Exactly, yeah. But you know what? They don't actually go out of their way to say, like, and this was the one that Dale Earnhardt was in. Because, like, <laughs> that would be ridiculous. That would Can be horrible. Why would you did? do that? I know, but, like, that's what American <laughs> Horror Story does. Yeah, right? It's just Holy a title shit. card at the beginning of the movie. This is explicitly <laughs> the one Dale Earnhardt was in. <laughs> But that's like <laughs> like, like the fucking Werner Herzog documentary about the guy who studied and was killed yes. by bears. Yep. Where at one point he's doing an interview. So, this is a hell of an aside. I apologize, but no, it's I so this, yeah. I promise it's so good. So in some of his earlier footage in an interview, he's just talking and he's like, because he's alone in the woods and he's like, yeah, I met some, saw some bears that uh, I think they're getting a little hungry, so they might get, you know, a touch agitated, but seems like they're doing okay overall. And like, yeah, that one back there, um, I don't mm-hmm. know, I think it'll, I think it'll be okay. And then the subtitle like slowly creeps up that just says, this is the bear that kills him. Yeah. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just imagining that, but at the beginning of a, like a like a NASCAR documentary, like over Dale Earnhardt's car, and it's like this is the car that will kill him. <laughs> oh, American Horror oh. Story, please. So they kind of do that with the Holocaust. Yeah, <laughs> so we're getting that, at. Yeah. They, they, yeah. The subtitle Ameri- creeps up on screen. This is Anne Frank. Nope. American Horror Story's <laughs> final destination is like they save Dale Earnhardt and change time, and that's why death is after them. And they would, and they'd be like, "That's <laughs> fucked up." And American also, Horror Story's like, "Yeah, why?" Also, he's a Nazi. He, also, Dale yeah. Earnhardt's a <laughs> Don't Nazi. Don't do this to Dale. <laughs> Leave he's the, poor the, man the he's, the, he's the eighth antagonist of the second season. He'll also appear in the twelfth season. American No, Mars. that's Dale Earnhardt Jr. That's his son who also races in NASCAR. American Horror Story Cohen. Oh, Graves be turning. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're twelve minutes deep. Sorry, Shall we yeah. get to the first new material? No, you're fine. This has been a joy. We yeah. should get started though. Yeah, yeah we're about halfway through the episode. Um. I the episode of television, not our right, podcast, yeah. to be clear. Yeah, um, yeah. And now we and, start. And yeah, we're going. We're going to the bakery, and it's time for Mary Eunice to be nasty. Yeah. And um, luckily, it's around a child, so she just goes full mask off the whole time, and it is delightful. Mm. She's got a new bestie. Um, that was the one thing I was going to bring up because it's very easy to forget because it, um, even though it was like I don't know, maybe the crux of the whole name of the episode, um, it was mentioned like one time and then never brought up again until now. Um, there's a weird murder child at the asylum right now named Jenny, um, who looks like Discount Wednesday Adams. Um, and her mom was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure my kid murdered her best friend with some scissors and then stole her hair or some shit." Uh, and then Jude was like, "Well, we can't." Um, we can't have your kid here. Kids. Yeah, we can't do that. Yeah, and we then- don't have a nursery. Sorry. And then the mom was like, all right, sick. And then just left. <laughs> <laughs> and left her kid there and was like, oh, not my problem anymore. Um, so you'll be staying with the adults then. Take easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, 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 oh. No. <laughs> and she just like leaves her there um, with them. And like, it's unclear. Like, they don't immediately go like take her back to her mom, which I said in the last episode, like they know who her mom is. Like they have all of her mom's information. They don't immediately go like take her back. They're like, mm, you can hang out with Mary Eunice for a little while in the bakery, I think. And Mary yeah. Eunice will be a great influence on you. <laughs> Also, they like get, even if you are just like being charitable and like, oh, okay, they forgot they told information, so they wouldn't be able to track her down. Except she gave like a very specific story tied to a very specific police report that would be very easy to trace. Yeah, <laughs> like, or there's they, no way. Like, if we're being realistic, they probably wouldn't even like the asylum. Probably wouldn't even like go find the mom. They would turn the kid over to the police. Mm. Like, they'd be yeah. like, hey, here's this kid who the mom said she did like murders and shit. Um, the mom just laughter here you should probably i don't know look into it maybe <laughs> maybe get like child protective services involved at some some yeah. capacity something should be done we're just not the place to do it so here you go like uh-huh. they definitely would not just hang on to the kid is what i'm saying also yeah, we're missing an feels... inmate <laughs> sorry yeah go ahead. yeah th- this just feels like deeply uh, again an american horror story being anachronistic what what else is fucking new but yeah. this feels incredibly anachronistic to me this is very much the before phones were commonplace and you could just leave a baby in a basket on a fire station doorstep and they'd be like oh, i guess the fire station has a baby now <laughs> that feels like some very out of time shit to be in allegedly what is this late late 60s yeah 65 64 something mid 60s okay yeah Yeah, it just feels deeply anachronistic in an age where 
you can just call people on a phone. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> you know? the thing too is like they I think they like this is not the only season that will do this. They kind of seem to nebulously um, throw a dartboard at like a random quote unquote time we wouldn't have like cell phones and then not bother to follow up on any of what that would mean for the rest of the story um, in order to like nip the well why didn't they just use cell phones argument in the butt or the internet um but then we see in other seasons later that characters who do have access to cell phones and the internet just don't use them so mm. i don't think they care all that much honestly <laughs> um, yeah i like to think that they take the tough needle to thread where it's like movies like the shining or something will have some background anachronistic thing that like kind of unsettles you because you can't quite place what's wrong and they're like oh that gives us free reign to just do whatever right like that's yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and like as as somebody who hasn't again watched too much horror stuff um a really common thing i see is like oh it's so frustrating the characters you know don't do the optimal choices when they're being attacked by a literal murderer and their yeah. adrenaline is at an all-time high etc cetera, etc cetera. and that's like one thing i can give horror properties is, of course yeah sometimes in tense panic situations people fuck up in impossible incalculable ways you can watch half of the super bowls and see it in real time if you desire <laughs> um the, it, American Horror Story takes it one step farther where, like, there's no tension, there's no pressure, the people have as much time to make the decision or think on it as they want, Mm -hmm. and they still are like, let's do something crazy. Yeah, (laughs) and, like, uh, it's a a cliche, which a lot of horror fans don't like, but, like, at least it doesn't write themselves into a corner of a lot of horror properties that do take place with technology where a phone call would, like, fix most things. Yeah. Usually, if it's like cell phones, they'll be they'll do the like cliche of, oh, no, I don't have service out here, which we see by contrast, things like American Horror Story this season in particular, where they don't just say that, which, you know what, if they like if we're like the part with Leo and whatever his wife's name was, Adam Levine, Mm. um, if they were just like, oh, we don't have service here, so we can't call for help. Right, yeah. That would have been such a cut and dry, like, okay, well, you're at an asylum in There's... the middle of the woods. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, But instead, they wrote that, like, no, their phone, first of all, their phone was in the car. Then it wasn't in the car. It was in his <laughs> yeah. pocket. And then they did co- connect to the police, and then they got shot, and it didn't matter. Like yeah. <laughs> This last weekend, I literally left my phone in my car when I went out to go get lunch for like 30 seconds and then patted my pocket and went oh fuck and ran back to the car (laughs) and got my phone so the idea of like oh yeah we just casually left our phone in the car is like just so deeply nuts Mm. Uh, well, also being in deep peril in like mm-hmm. an abandoned building. In modern, I'll, you know what happened to me this weekend too? I lost my wallet. I found it like in a couple of hours, and like, oh man! But like, I didn't notice for a while, and then also Dude, the, the sum of all fears. Yeah, but you <laughs> know what? So then? I lost my phone in five minutes. I was like, oh wait, I forgot, I forgot the phone, and I like got back and got it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, nowadays like phones or whatever, yeah, everything, but. Yeah, it's yeah. I I agree with Liz though. Yeah, and it's usually just something you afford it. You know what I mean? Like you don't like you're not unless you're super nitpicky or you're making a YouTube video for money or it's, something, right? It's like it's because American Horror Story feels the need to draw attention to it and yeah. then handle it incorrectly. Yes. Whereas like we would have just let it slide if they just shut their mouth. <laughs> yeah. 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 They love to do that where they'll it's it really does feel like they write their scripts on like a stone tablet. So like once <laughs> they've written something, they can't unwrite it. 
So they'll write something and they'll be like, well, fuck, that doesn't work with the rest of the plot. And they'll be like, leave it in. We'll just write more bullshit around it that makes it more confusing and hope that nobody has any critical thinking or watching skills and we'll just move on. It feels like, yeah, it feels like they're having trouble coordinating like other shows do where it's like, hey, there's multiple writers and multiple direct, you know what I mean? And like things we have to like work together on and talk. And it's, they're just like, nah, like, <laughs> whoops, oh, you wrote that? I don't know. All right, we'll figure it out later, I guess. And there <laughs> yeah. Um, and anyway, back to everybody's yeah. favorite lady, Mary Eunice, and her new best friend, Jenny, the murder child. Um, Mary Eunice is having a ball because she gets to talk to someone equally as fucked up as her that isn't a Nazi. Um, and she pretty much immediately is like, I'm the devil. Um, and it's great. Um, and then she's like, also, you were right to murder your friend. That was morally correct. She sucked a lot, and I think she was jealous of you. Um, and <laughs> she then- was literally like, she just wanted your Pokemon cards. She wanted your shiny Charizard. You were correct to stab her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, thanks, <laughs> devil, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mary Eunice. Very cool. And then we get kind of like a little bit of a confusing thing where um, we get Mary <laughs> Eunice lore. Like, Mary Eunice, parentheses, not this nasty. Makes, I hate this. Yeah. Right, but yeah. Um, it is, it and serves it is, no purpose. Yeah. She's the devil. It's yeah. okay. She can just be nasty. Like, and like, it's not, again, it's backstory for Mary Eunice, parentheses, not the who's, devil. Who's like ostensibly dead, right? Yeah. More for all intents and no purposes. No longer, host, yeah. no longer is, she's just a shell of a person who's hosting the devil at this point. There's mm-hmm. like no Mary Eunice left in there, if that makes any sense. Like the Gundam is being piloted by a new pilot. It's yeah. no longer Mary <laughs> Eunice, parentheses, sad and lonely. Which it almost, it, it's like, it, is, are some of Mary Eunice's memories, like, leaking into the devil? Like, the devil just wasn't ready for such absolutely dopey shit. It was just like, oh, wow, this is leaking in. That's wild. <laughs> the oh devil is getting secondhand embarrassment from the body that they're inhabiting. Like, oh, geez, this is... This- Real cringe fail, Mary Eunice. Yeah, wow. De- Devil has an I- idle moment and it just immediately, ah, Knight Kringa, starts thinking about the time they were nude. <laughs> yeah. This so this is, uh, okay, so I think it's because they really wanted to rip off Carrie more because they ripped yeah, off Carrie in the call. first season and they're like, we didn't get enough Carrie ripoff. <laughs> so we need more Carrie ripoff. Yeah, I think um, you're right. And they're like, well, now the devil's going to be tilted about Mary Eunice's backstory, which ha- should have nothing to do with the devil yeah, whatsoever. That's, um, yeah. And we get that goddamn 1960s filter again to show us that it's a flashback. Um, and it's like, this is Mary Eunice at a pool party. And get ready for like one of the most confusing prank sequences I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> um, Ty explained it, it better than I did in the group chat, so I'll let him do it. So... Okay, so the core conceit of this prank, how it is supposed to work, is everyone agrees that they are going to get naked and everyone will just like walk out in robes, so everyone will be chilling around the pool in robes, and then all at the same time, everyone takes their robes off, and then we all are naked together, I guess. I don't know. It's a strange setup (laughs) that doesn't really pay off, but peer pressure, teens, whatever, sure. Yeah. Um, The only problem is when they're out there, I don't think, like, everyone's really in robes, right? No. It feels like a good number of them are not, which would also just end the prank there. 
Um, so either yes. way, they do a countdown, like, three, two, one, everyone drop your robes. And uh, Mary Eunice is uh, naked and everyone is uh, mean and stuff. They're not, right? But it's just, like, it's a really poorly put... As somebody who loves a good prank, it just... The structure's all fucked. Yeah. <laughs> the structure's oh. all fucked. Like, people aren't following along correctly. Because um, she also, like, clearly has, like, a boy that walks by that she has, you know, some form of interest in. Yeah. And he is also... Not in a robe. He's just in like shorts and a t and like an open t-shirt. Uh, and yeah, she just still goes for it anyway. Whereas again, that that would blow the prank if somebody walks up who is clearly not nude and has no intention yeah, to be. Like, the prank is over. <laughs> yep. That is my thing from like start to finish, from like the inception of this scene onward. Is like I've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate recently, so all I can imagine is like. She's being given this information. Mary Eunice has been giving this information about what they're going to do with the disrobing. And she's just rolling ones on all of her perception checks. Because if someone <laughs> comes to me and it's like, hey, do you want to all get naked under our robes? And then just randomly at some inexplicable point, I'll take them off and just be naked for some reason. Um, I'm immediately going to be like, that sounds weird as hell. This sounds like a setup for something very bizarre. This is not normal human <laughs> behavior. Um, something appears to be amiss here. Call it a hunch. Something seems amiss here. Um, yeah, like you, every yeah. so often you just you smell something rotten in the state of Denmark. You know, you just you can <laughs> tell. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what too though, if you wanna if you wanna give some credit, right, where you say like, okay, but she's really innocent, or this doesn't work. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. It still kind of begs the question like. Why are we doing this? You know what I mean? Or like, why is she there? Like, why? Like, the thing with Carrie is, like, no one hung out with her. Yeah. Like, so she didn't, like, really know what to look for, whether someone was being she mean was, to her or not. She was, like, also, I think, desperate for, like, that friendship because her mom, like, made her, like, kind of do all this religious stuff and never go out with people. So this was, like, all, like, oh, she gets to be the prom queen and, like, live out these dreams and then she gets humiliated and, oh, whoops, right. you fucked with a psychic, you know? That, that is it. You hit the nail yeah. on the head. Is The thing with Carrie, the thing that makes Carrie have a payoff and the reason why Carrie falls for the prank is because Carrie desperately want, craves that, like... Um, acceptance of her peers and for all intents and purposes at least some of the people who are interacting with her are genuine um, in their like care also, for her yeah also like the run-up to it is something sensible that she desires right yeah. I haven't seen it but the whole thing is like they're leading it up to like she's it, being the prom queen etc cetera, etc cetera, and then bam last second pivot into pig blood yeah, yeah. It's, like a, it's her yes. dream come true is coming true and then it's all and ripped away by that, someone cruel yes. Yeah, and that's why she's willing to go along with it every step of the yeah. way, because they said, here's a million dollars, and she went, I'd love a million dollars, thank you, and then they went, the dollars have a pig blood bomb in them. Here, here's what, <laughs> it, it works really well because it's like, it's character development, like, for real, you know what I mean? It's like, here's the setup, mm -hmm. here's her situation, her environment is pushing her that way, here's her, like, way out, it's supposed to be, like, an arc and everything, even though you kind of know something's gonna go wrong, like, she doesn't, and it works. Here is pointless, like... Like again, Mary Eunice is gone. Even if she isn't, I already I already could feel bad for her by virtue of being a passenger on this demon train. Also, yes. Hey, I haven't seen Carrie. I need to check something real quick. Okay. Does she do like psychic Akira murderer shit before they do the pig blood thing, or no. is it not until after? It's not until after. Yeah, they I don't. Because Mary not Eunice like is already blood. the devil, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you got it. That kind of blows the whole thing. It yep. isn't like she has a traumatic memory, and that's what allows the devil to slip in or. Or something right. this isn't pivotal it's well, just something the devil's I, thinking about i guess and even yeah. on that note like the thing about her going like super crazy and like 
murdering a bunch of people is even though she's not maybe morally correct for murdering a lot of people and a lot of innocents get like caught up in it like at that point you have seen so much buildup and you understand carrie's perspective to the point where you're like you know what good for you like (laughs) murder okay in this in this circumstance not really but i get i get where you're coming from i understand why you're doing this this is stephen king's first book and there was reasons yeah that like it it made him famous it was a really good story you know and all that but uh, like i i don't first of all we don't need to feel bad for mary eunice because as we've already stated mary eunice has left the building it's now the devil in mary eunice's body but then on top of that like i don't feel bad for mary eunice because like come on have you can have the brain cell for like one second yeah and like even then like the it's not even clear like why they did this to her and then at the end like worst thing that happens is they they see her naked and then she jumps in the pool and i'm like would that be embarrassing yeah um it's not like getting pig blood dumped on you that's um, yeah in front of the entire school or like you know what? I or or I fine. I could like buy into like, and that's why I became a nun. You know, or whatever. I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this information because I'm yeah. not dealing with Mary Eunice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's not relevant. Yeah. 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 Like, am I supposed to feel bad for the she, devil? Because now the devil has to deal with these like secondhand embarrassment like flashbacks. Like, oh no, <laughs> now the devil has PTSD. Like, am I supposed to feel bad for the devil because the person the devil is inhabiting? had like a a kind of shitty teenage experience oh my god what if i p- yeah. possessed a real lemon this time <laughs> fuck oh no gotta jump to another one this one the neurons in this are a whole damn mess <laughs> um uh, yeah no the demon is the demon is totally uh totally screwed. This is so bad um, yeah and yeah. um this thing this all culminates with um this is the only thing that culminates from this scene is mary eunice just gives jenny um i was gonna say a gun a knife um, after talking like mad shit about Sister Jude with Jenny, yeah. um, she just gives Jenny the little girl a knife. Um, the implication here is that this will be the crux of something that happens later in the episode. Mm-hmm. To which I say, no, if Murder Child wanted to murder someone, they could have gotten a knife from anywhere. They didn't need the devil to give her a knife. She would have just found one. In fact, she used scissors for the first murders. Um, but that's all this scene really you know- uh, accomplishes is that Jenny gets a knife. <laughs> By the way, future slow beef is just uh, just gonna pedantically or not pedantically, just because it'll it'll be a thing. Like uh, this isn't actually Satan or the devil, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. So it is just a demon of some metaphorical kind or, or some metaphorical kind. You know, you know, devil. I just don't want our our, our I don't want our eagle-eyed listeners to be like you all wait a second right here now you know oh, do that. you mean uh, do you mean us misidentifying the character who tuned to turn to the camera and said i'm the devil as yeah. the devil yes the character that possessed a nun out of nowhere after having a very powerful and deep possession over someone else and announced themselves again by saying hi it's me the devil from bibles <laughs> like, <laughs> bible one and bible two Dude. Future sl- wow! Future- I can't. <laughs> future- Go ahead. <laughs> no, you, you. I'm say, just getting mad. Future- Go ahead. Future slow beef is just holding up his hands and saying, "All I'm saying. That's all he's doing. That's all he's doing." <laughs> I will say, I, I, I know, know what future slow beef is is talking about because there, there is those those few people who they might be who are listening to this who have watched all of American Horror Story or may still like American Horror Story and are mm-hmm. listening to this for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um. There is the real devil in this series, um, and they have a very established character, um, and so this cannot oh. be them. 
So they needed to swap in a day. Yeah, they just had to be like, this is uh, uh, Bazelpub. This is uh, uh, Bail. Tiamat did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bail did it. That's right. Yeah. It was one of the other stand-ins we had. You know, there's a whole Goisha of stand-ins or whatever. It's crazy. They got a whole book of these guys. (laughs) Man, the Bible sounds like a kick-ass book. Anyway. Um, remember how- <laughs> yes, the Bible. That's what I was referencing. You got it. <laughs> uh, remember how Jude quit and then didn't, so she still yeah. has an office? Well, um, in there, uh, the Monsignor shows up, and Jude is like, bro, this, this lady left her kid here, and this kid's hella fucked up. And the Monsignor's like, I don't give a shit. You're fired. Um, and by you're fired, I mean um, I'm putting you on a plane to Pittsburgh to work at one of our sister locations. And I'm like, I don't think you know what fired means because right. um, that's not what it means. Also, I don't think you could just um, forcibly relocate an employee. Well, like, I think they still get a say in it for the most part. I think usually in the church they've done something more egregious, which might lead to that forced relocation. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I think you're right in this I, position. Though, do we like... think that they're emotionally intelligent enough to have been alluding to that? I don't no, think so. I, I think they I just either. wanted to fire Jude without actually firing her. No, I'm, I'm with you on that, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're like, we're firing you by moving you to a different location. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And while Jude is packing her bags and crying again, because we already had this whole sequence, like last episode, because she quit last episode, Mary Eunice is like, oh, no, what's wrong? Where are you going? Um, and then uh, Jude's just like, oh, I got fired. I have to go to Pittsburgh. Um, and like <laughs> Jude hugs Mary Eunice and is like, you know what? Before I leave. I'm going to make sure Arden doesn't fuck with you anymore, baby G. I love you. Go get the cognac from the kitchen. And I'm like, okay. Um, I guess Jude really has decided that Mary Eunice is better now that she's nasty. Because, like, all the interactions we've seen between Jude and Mary Eunice was, like, Jude, like, yelling at Mary Eunice. She did, um, yeah. yeah. But now yeah. Jude's like, this is my baby, and I will protect her at all costs. <laughs> right. It, yeah, it doesn't it really matter, went from, like, it, it went from the secondary mook, like, Hey boss, what do you want me to do? Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I off that guy. I jacked him off. What do you mean? Like, no, I want you to kill him. Oh, beans, brother, I messed up. Like that's what Mary Eunice and Jude's dynamic was before, and now it's like, <laughs> now it's just like Mary Eunice is like, hey, I got an idea, and Jude's like, yes, I'm on board. Yep. Uh, and like, is she, Jude, I guess, is her like last hurrah against Arden is planning on like fucking with him so that he doesn't mess with Mary Eunice. Anyway, that's like where that cuts off for now because we have um, dreadfully neglected our time at um, Krogman Shear House uh, with our good friend Oliver Threadson and Lana. Um, Threadson's not with Lana at the moment. She's downstairs sawing through her chains with question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't know what, she, I guess the dinner knife that came with her sandwich. Um, she makes an impressive amount of progress in the short amount of time he's gone, by the way. Um, sawing through what appears to be some pretty heavy duty uh, chains. Some Play-Doh chains that yeah. are painted chrome, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but meanwhile, Threadson gets a call from Kit. Uh, remember Kit? And he's like... The Threadson, you're never going to believe You were my one phone call. You are never going to believe this. They say they have a taped confession of me confessing to a crime. You know, the thing that you made me record and then turned over to them to frame me for murder. That's so crazy. Can you, like, fix this? And Threadson's like, Lamau. Um, and Kid's like, no! 
and then he calls Threadson a liar and this like really <laughs> tilts Threadson for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> Yeah, I will say I have known guys like this who have like a weird thing. Usually it's for like deep standing trauma. Like I had one personal trainer who I just jokingly was like, hey, I'm no coward, man. I'll keep going. And he was like, hey, can you not insinuate I'm a coward? It like really sets me off. And I was like, oh, okay." And it turns out it was like something horrible that had happened to him in prison. And I'm like, you got it, man. (laughs) Um, But that's not really what's happening here. Right. Right. It's just like it's like, hey, man, you're you lied to them and you lied to me. And he's like ah, how dare you call me a liar you <laughs> how, son of a bitch i'll kill you and how it's like, could you man this comes out of nowhere yeah. yeah oh like how could you and it's like but but you did do that you know like you explicitly did do that <laughs> and I, just nah. I, it's one of those things where like you can really tell that the american horror story writers like don't know how to write like a anything Sorry. anything period but like a meaningful like villain because like we've talked about like in the past like a good example is um uh, jessica lang's character from season one i can't remember her name um constance constance yes. um mm-hmm. where like the reason why constance is so like maniacal and like so sinister is because it's painted over with this like brush of like a sweet southern lady who has like a lot of very sinister secrets and like ulterior motives like she's a very she's pretty kooky for the most part but she's at least dynamic in the way that she's not just like a weird man twisting his mustache like if you don't do what i say i'm going yeah. to cut off your legs also i'm a nazi it, like yeah, the, the liar thing also like it comes off as it was supposed to be a payoff for like one of his other previous stories and trauma like i said it's like a very traumatic response yeah like that's yeah. the kind of response yeah. you only have if something in the past has primed you to feel a damn way when those words hit the table but like we don't have that. His mom left. <laughs> like yeah. she didn't call him a liar as she left. Like if, if it was a thing of like he lied about something and then she left and so as a kid it fucked him up and he blames himself for that, even though that's you know, obviously not the case. There's something there. That would be a story of some kind his reaction to this would make sense. But there's nothing like that. There's yeah. there's literally nothing. You can hear me shaking a water bottle in anger. Because there's nothing on, uh, like that even a little bit. Congrats on writing a way better backstory for Oliver Threadson it's, than American yeah. Horror Story ever does. Or even like what I was getting at with like the writing a character more dynamically, like it would have if they were going for like this guy's crazy, like super crazy, like he's unhinged, it would have been way more like have they never seen I know they've seen silence of the lambs because they rip it off all the time like the reason why hannibal lecter is so like chilling is because he's got this like level of like you know he is fucking bonkers but like yeah he seems to have his wits about him he's very like controlled and like only lets the crazy slip like a little bit and when he does let the crazy slip it's like in a way where he's talking like he's not crazy or like another good example is like american psycho like Patrick Bateman like the reason it's chilling is because it's a person who is talking to you like they're having a normal conversation but they're confident and effective (laughs) yep yeah exactly they are sharp confident and effective they can they believe what they're saying they're quick enough that you're not going to be able to just like outfox them easily and just trick them into something and they'll act on their shit and they'll get it done which is terrifying when they're confident in something wild yeah exactly like that Mm -hmm. that's the whole thing is it's a combination of like confidence execution and being just sharp enough that you know you're not gonna beat him in some kind of mind game like 
And also a great example in this and with Lana and Thredson is the reason why characters like that are so chilling is because it's not, you can tell like if you were the protagonist, it wouldn't be as easy as like, oh, he's a little titty baby if you call him a liar. Like he'll have a meltdown if you call him a liar. Or, oh, he's got deep-seated mommy issues. If I just say that I'm his mommy and like offer to let him suck on my titty or whatever, he'll like leave himself wide open for me to fuck him up. Like the reason why like, the actually good written villains are so chilling is because it's like oh no this person like they may be crazy but they have their wits about them yeah, like i'm not, not just going to be able to say like a keyword and they're going to like break down and have a little tantrum right um they're also, composed also their motivations and drive are so so far outside of the normal human psyche that i'm not going to be able to like talk them down yeah, or reason another... them into something cuz like the thing they've decided is so out of left field compared to my thinking that i could not possibly rein them in I I wouldn't know how to start. Yeah. Yeah. Or like I'm not yeah. getting yeah. There's yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But um Yeah. So he has this like little meltdown where he's like, I'm not a liar and that like makes him he like hangs up the phone really like angrily and like goes downstairs to go, I guess, bitch to Lana about it. Um, which she does. <laughs> um, and when he like comes downstairs, she's like, Oh, are you talking to Kit? And he's like, Yeah. Why? Um, and then he's like, You're really sweaty. And she's like, no. And he's like, I knew it. And he uncovers like where her foot is shackled. And she's she's managed to saw through one of the the links in the chain, which is a little confusing because you'd think that would have undone the chain because it's like a chain, like a chain chain. So right. like if you get one side of it oh, cut through, yeah. you can just undo it. Wasn't it wasn't wide enough, I guess. Or, like, but uh, yeah, you- or maybe she didn't want to reveal that she had one so she could like work on the others when he went away or who knows, but whatever. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I knew it. I shouldn't have left you down here with a dinner knife, I guess. Um, and I'm like, there's a lot of other reasons you shouldn't have left her down there with a dinner knife if <laughs> I'm, on my if I'm the serial killer. Yeah, right? egg on my face. Croak Monster on my face, uh, if we're being honest. <laughs> also, no, literally no attempt from Lana, our quick-witted reporter to try and cover this up either like it, honestly if it was me and a serial killer had me chained in a basement and i was cutting through a thing and they came down there like, you're all sweaty i'd be like sorry i was jacking it yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, without missing a beat guarantee i would just blurt out i was masturbating and then see if i got away with it and if i didn't hey i'm in the same boat as in, before right at least i swung at the pitch in, in my situation <laughs> it might have been true you know, like it's like, well, yeah, you know, who knows? No, no. Maybe I was really worked up. You know, there's a lot of adrenaline going I on. I might not get another <laughs> chance at this, you know. <laughs> we, we have unfortunately seen from Lana that she is physically incapable of like telling a false. She's like, it's like she always has a truth serum in her at the worst time where he's like, you just got to pretend not to be gay and I'll get you out of the asylum. And she's like, no, I am gay, though. And he's like, no, 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 I know. You just have to pretend that you're not anymore. That way I can get you out. And she's like, but. I I love titties. <laughs> um, this is a known quantifiable. <laughs> me, me too, Lana, true. but Lana not Winters. <laughs> me too, Lana, <laughs> yeah. but not in the same way. <laughs> we all have Look. this condition, Lana. Relax. Uh, <sighs> um, Lana, you've heard of gay for pay. Have you heard of straight for escape? <laughs> Try it out. Yo, my favorite escape um, room. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so he he catches her cutting her chains off, straps her to the bed, yells more about his mom and stuff, uh, and then pulls out a bowl in one of his many skin masks and basically is like, well, it's killing time. <laughs> uh, so back at Briarcliff, um, we switch back and Mary Eunice is like 
digging through Jude's clothes and like finds a sexy little number and is just kind of like, it's kind of dancing around the room, <laughs> having fun with it. Um, the Nazi hunter calls um, and Mary Eunice picks up the phone and I can't remember, did she just pretend to be Mary Eunice or do they have her like full on change voices and stuff? I think she, I think she stuff? changes voices. I forget. I mean, she like, okay. she changes voices in the same way like you would impersonate your mom if you were like calling your teacher to like okay. get out of I couldn't remember homework. if they gave her like full demon mimicry or something. No. But no, it was, it was just me being like, hey, it's me, Slow Beef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa, what the? My, my audio. Whoa, what just Slow Beef. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, and yeah, gets gets the call, um, and immediately the information is, yeah, it, I was wrong. It's definitely him. <laughs> I was sorry. That's my bad. Which it was. It was extreme. They flip flopped <laughs> on this one point so many times in the last three episodes. Like he's a Nazi. He's not a Nazi. He's a, he's a Nazi. He's not a Nazi. That's Anne Frank. It's not Anne Frank. He's a Nazi. He's not a Nazi. Like maybe maybe he's not very good at his job. Like maybe like none of the people in this show are very well, good at identifying Nazis. I think obviously not. If he also needs like, hey, can you get his fingerprints? You know, it's like that's your job, buddy. Like that's your whole thing. <laughs> Why do you think I'm not paying? you <laughs> oh my god yeah and then um jude like is going on with her plan this is a good example of a character um being good at being deceptive because like jude comes into arden's office with the cognac um i don't know why but she brings two cups even though we all know that jude doesn't drink alcohol wink wink um and she's like all right you beat me um i'm out of here i got fired congrats like if nothing else i'm a i'm a good sport and like kind of a good scene for Jude's characteristic like okay like all right she's kind of boss bitching it up like yeah. she's gonna pull one over on Arden and like this is she's no longer like out of her wits like this is her bossing it up right now um and she pours him a drink but not herself and he's like I thought this was a toast you got a drink and she's like I guess and I'm like well you brought two cups if you didn't want to you could have just yeah. done it um, and, rem- <laughs> and I guess this is supposed to be a moment of like Jude throwing away a soft morality to like help progress a more important goal, right? Because yeah. like it, it, it's just a thing of like, it, yeah, absolutely, just throw this out for a split second, get this done, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's supposed to be pushing into like, yeah, kind of the 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 playing the boss angle, but it it's just weird. You know, yeah. it's also a totally meaningless scene. Like if we backtrack starting with the Nazi hunter calling and talking to Mary Eunice, just bookmark that in your mind, because the next five minutes um, are going to completely contradict each other. Every single scene is going to completely contradict one another. So we have the Nazi hunter calling and speaking to fake Jude, which is Mary Eunice, mm-hmm. um, giving her some kind of information. And then Jude comes into Arden's office. The whole reason why she did this thing where she gets the two cups is because she was going to get Arden's fingerprints off of his cup to give to the Nazi hunter so that he could find out whether or not Arden is a Nazi, which mm-hmm. don't worry, that's irrelevant. He already knew. That's why he was calling. A spoiler alert for 10 seconds from now. Um, so I don't know why the fingerprints were necessary in the first place. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, Mary Eunice shows up at Sam the Nazi Hunter's house. How she found him, I don't know, because I imagine if she was pretending to be Jude on the phone and was like, by the way, I am still Jude, the woman you were speaking to. Where do you live again? I know I've been to your house like four times, but where do you live again? Um, she figures out where he lives, I guess, um, which you'd think it would be harder to get that information because he would maybe have, I don't know, Nazis hunting him down or something. Um, but she just gets it from him. Um, and she fucking murders him or tries to, um, she Mm -hmm. fucks him up and like steals all his shit. Mary Eunice does. 
Um, and then Jude shows up with the cup with the fingerprints on it that he didn't even need to begin with. So that scene was nothing. Um, and his room is just totally empty and the phone is ringing. This is mind blowing. The phone is fucking. I don't know if this is supposed to be an homage to a movie or something, but the phone is fucking ringing and it's just ringing, ringing, ringing. And she picks up the phone, Jude, and is mm-hmm. like, hello. And then whoever's on the phone hangs up immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what, is this supposed to be something we give a shit about? Like, is that supposed to be a reference to something? Are we supposed I, to know what's going on here? I think it's supposed to be like, it's supposed to be foreboding in the sense of like, you know, you want to know who was there first so you could say like, well, I called in this like Jude picked up. So therefore she's the murderer. She's I can put her at the scene. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Like, yeah, if you were trying to do that sort of thing or that somebody who knows is calling. But like the problem is it's too obscure. So you can't really put it one way or the other, you know. So yeah, to me, it just reads as though like either a someone was desperately trying to get a hold of Sam to like give him information. But we don't know enough about Sam, yeah. nor do we give a shit about Sam enough to like care that someone would be trying to give him information. Right. Um, nor do we know any characters who would be actively trying to give Sam information. Um, and like the other alternative is that they called, heard Jude's voice, and were like, oh, wrong number, and then just hung up, which is nothing. It adds nothing to the scene. Um, and she's like, well, where is he? And so she's like looking around the room, and then she like finds in the bathroom that he's like in there and has a huge chunk of mirror in his neck. And it's like, all right, Mary Eunice, you could have brought a knife. Like, you didn't need to like fuck up a mirror to do this feels how did this happen how did this come across how did you do this so now that now that we've killed sam the nazi hunter can we take a quick second to review the fact that he existed purely because of injustices in the american justice system stemming from operation paperclip that allowed these people to walk free Mm -hmm. and thus he was working outside of the confines of the law to hunt them down identify them and bring them to some form of justice likely again outside of the justice system Mm -hmm. because as we have established a lot of times that didn't work that was kind of the problem Mm -hmm. Why does he need fingerprints? Why the fuck does he need fingerprints? <laughs> he did it. He has he identified this guy. He has seen this guy. He has multiple accounts of this guy doing terrible Nazi experiments on people. And he's like, well, we can't kill him until uh, until he has fingerprints. No, dude. That's not how Holocaust survivors are about this shit. They're not like, ah, let's, let's be really sure. Like, no, nah, I don't think so, man. <laughs> I think you'd go kill him. <laughs> also, if the police aren't willing to use fingerprints as evidence in this universe... Some random guy definitely doesn't have access to like fingerprinting information and like databases. There's like no way. Yeah. Um, and as we have identified many times throughout this season, the police do not um believe that fingerprints are real or that they exist. Um, because in every circumstance where the police are involved in any capacity, um, the answer would be, oh, just check it for fingerprints. And then they just never mention fingerprints as even being like an option. Um and, and yeah, Sam's not like dead, dead yet. Like he's got the mirror in his neck, and it's like he's bleeding out. And he's like, "A nun killed me." Yeah, it was one of yours. And I'm like, "How the fuck would you know that? How the <laughs> fuck would you know that Mary Eunice was one of Jude's nuns?" Um, also, kind of sloppy on Mary Eunice's part of like um, not making sure he was dead, but like taking all of his stuff. Kind of weird. Um, now the part but, I yeah. Hate. So Jude's like, Jude's like, "Oh no, one of my one of my nuns." <laughs> 
<laughs> killed this guy. Oh, no. I guess they didn't need the fingerprints because he already knew that that guy was a Nazi. Um, it's been a very confusing set of scenes. And then Mary Eunice, to, like, top all of this up, off to finalize this, like, little tangent. Um Sorry. Mary Eunice comes in and is like, hey, Arden, I've got all of Sam's stuff here, most of it. Uh, he calls him Han, or she calls him Hans, and he gets super butthurt about it. He's like, don't call me that. No, mm, stinky. Um, and I'm like, why? Um, it doesn't no matter, sense. I guess. No and sense. she's like, he's like, is this all of it? And she's like, no, I kept some of it in case you decided to double cross me. Teehee. And I'm like, I'm a demon. Well, You're a demon. Yeah. You can do. I'm like, yeah. You're a demon. Like, you know so many things about so many people that, like, you shouldn't know. Like, how, you know, how Jude, like, drunk drove and hit a kid or whatever. Um, also, this implies that, like, she should have known that Threadson was a serial killer the whole time and just decided, you know what? That's not my business. Because um, she never gets involved in that storyline. You'd think that she would be pretty, like, critical to that storyline, given that she would know that he was a serial killer. Um she doesn't. In fact, she gets involved with Kit, who is directly related to that storyline, and just never is like, hey, by the way, I know I warned you about Grace being a real murderer. Um, Threadson seems cool, though. You should hang out with Threadson more. <laughs> um, she just doesn't get involved in that at all for some reason. But anyway, uh, Arden's having his little mouth. like, don't call me Hans. Also, oh, no, you have some of my information, I guess. Um, he throws his little baby tantrum about being called a Nazi for some reason. And then Mary Eunice is like, hey, you're kind of bringing down the vibe a bit. Um, can you please chill the fuck out? And then Arden has a full nice guy TM meltdown. And he's like, it's so weird. It's too, very like, weird. He's, he already had the thing of her trying to like openly seduce him and him being like, no, gross. I'm not into that. And like multiple just no on that and then also it just feels like it's very well decided yeah. i don't know maybe i just take this stuff better than the average human being but i feel like this should have been like wrapped up like you get a day or two man mm. <laughs> like what, what are you and doing it's one of those things where it's like <laughs> like if we were giving it credence that he was like the dumbest man alive and didn't realize that she was like possessed by a demon or whatever and just thought yeah. Marianus was like trying to seduce him like he broke up with her, so to speak. Like, he's like, no, yeah. I don't like you now that you're nasty now. Like, I liked you when you were a little nice lady. Now um, now it's gross and I'm not into it. Like, he very clearly is, like, shutting down her advances. And then yeah. he has this whole nice guy-ass tirade of, like, I know you don't really love me. I'm too old and ugly. Hmm. And she's just like, Dan, that's crazy. Um <laughs> skill issue and then fucking just moves on which is really yeah, funny it, like it's just this incredibly out of place scene that also yeah contradicts what we've seen up to this point and doesn't really serve any purpose other than like i guess the idea is now arden knows that mary eunice has leverage over him but like who cares? Yeah. Also, like, <laughs> also, realistically, Mary he could Eunice just... Mary Eunice has been shown to be a dopey little doofus, and that's probably how Arden still thinks of her, yeah, right? Because he's, like, been, he's, he's been longing and lusting after her bro, for years and years or whatever. And, and now it's she's like, a little lady. He could just kill her. Like, he killed yeah. Shelly. Like, why can't he just yeah. kill Mary Eunice? Like, she's not, like, a criminal mastermind in his mind. So, like, it's not like she has, like full articles ready to hit print if he were to double cross if, her in her absence. If, any, if anything, Shelly was inherently more threatening because she at least was like a forceful woman who would get what she wanted. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. 
and like fought back and shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's very confusing. It's a very confusing meltdown on the part of Dr. Arden. I'm assuming it's just a case of further. They wanted to make sure you remember that like Arden is the bad guy, but like really. And we also got a cringe, it. cringe fail lord who's like super owned at I, all times as well for some times, reason. And is and is not a Nazi at all points in time. Yeah. Schrodinger's really. Nazi. Um, God, basically. And in case you guys have wondered, oh, hey, well, what about that kid? Like, the kid that's the reason for the name of the episode? Don't worry. It's time to check back in with her. Um, so because Mary Eunice gave her a knife, um, canon event, uh, Jenny murdered her whole family with that knife. Um, I guess they, the writers think this is clever in some capacity, as if the murder child wouldn't have just, just murdered her family anyway. How did the murder child get home? How did the murder child get home? And then how did she get her family out to a ravine to murder them is my question. Also, if she got him out to a ravine and she was already with her family at home, why why did she need to bring the nun knife with her? And <laughs> like, like, why was that mandatory? I don't know. Maybe this is me. Uh, I, I'm not a mother. I don't know. But if I knew my, chil- my child uh, did like huge murder crimes um, and I was so convinced of this, I was willing to abandon her at an asylum with no contact. Um, I maybe wouldn't go on a picnic with them the day they came back um, in a remote <laughs> location. I don't know. Maybe Just, go to like child protective services yeah. and be like, hey, I can't handle this. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, she spent an afternoon at the asylum. She probably won't do any murders anymore. Me and my other children are probably safe. Um, let's have a picnic out in a remote location um, and not check her for weapons. It's probably fine. Um, no, she murders her family. How that happens, no idea. Um, all we need to know is that it did happen, and she gives the same story about like, like a bearded guy, ankle shanker or something. I don't understand. <laughs> Little goblin queen running around slashing ankles or some <laughs> shit. Like I don't know. I feel like I could beat almost any seven-year-old in a fight. Yeah, they they just so badly. God, they wanted so badly to have like an uh, the orphan slash the omen storyline. Yeah, and it doesn't work. Um, that they just didn't even care if it made sense. They're like, yeah, throw like, a weird little Wednesday Adams in there. Cause like, wouldn't it be so much more like in like both like scary, intimidating, kind of like fear-inducing if it was like. Yeah, they went and had a picnic, and all of them died of poisoning, except for the little girl. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be way worse, right? Like, oh, she's a killer killer. Like, pre- premeditated, not a crime of passion. Like, will plan a killing. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of... That's so much worse, right? And also more plausible. Yeah. No, Mary Eunice gave her a knife, so she did a lot of knife there's stabbing. There's also, like, so much going on. You know, there's, like, serial killers <laughs> yeah, do we need demon this? alien. We've got like, so- all right. We're- we're spinning a lot of plates. Did we really need a little Wednesday Adams in here causing some unrelated crimes? I can't, like, I can't well, care. Even if she was well-written at this point, it's like, no, it's too much. I'm sorry. And she's not, so. Spe- speaking of unrelated shit, um, Threadson, we're going back to Murder House. Mm-hmm. And not that Murder House. This, this murder, apar- murder, murder apartment, house. right, yeah. <laughs> murder basement, yeah. yeah. And, um... Threadson's like, okay, uh, gonna get on get get on that skin removal thing if you don't mind. Uh, I actually was a big fan of your work. Yeah, I loved your articles. Uh, and then she just goes like, oh, it's oh, I appreciate that, babe, my baby, and like starts trying to play this weird like mommy <laughs> angle yeah. thing, and it just. 
I guess when he offered her the perfect mommy snack, it just like she was like, well, I guess this is my fucking angle. Yep. <laughs> I went with it. That's what I'm saying. Um, it's like he was like, here's the one thing you can say that will disarm. It's he's written like a bad fan fiction character. Yeah. Like, oh, just say this one phrase and it will disarm him completely. And Lana's like, great, I'm going to do that. My baby. So she, she does that um, and says like, yeah, hey, oh, you're, it's okay. Come here, my baby. I'll give you the unconditional unconf- love all, all mother should give that all children should experience. And he starts crying, doing the whole mommy thing. Uh. Um, and then manages to one up the perfect mommy snack as for the worst line yeah, I have ever heard. Sucks. For a long time, I thought that the number one line that was intended to have any form of sexualization that was the least sexy thing. The number one thing you could say to disarm any sexual situation and turn it into either a disaster or a comedy is to go, Daddy likey. And I have it has now been been yeah. blown the fuck out <laughs> by baby needs colostrum <laughs> which wow and then immediately goes hog sucking a titty <laughs> it's baby it needs sucks. colostrum it sucks bad oh it's so oh my bad. god like daddy likey turns it into like oh gross we can't do yeah. this or a comedy <laughs> baby needs colostrum is like did i bring my pepper spray yeah that's yeah. that's that's what we call a deal breaker, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, that's when you start immediately texting your friends, like, this Tinder, gate, Tinder date has gone horribly, horribly awry. Please call me. I'm probably going to die. Someone please call yeah. me and get me out of here. Yeah, <laughs> please get me out of here. Oh, my God. So he starts sucking on her titty, and then it, I know you guys are like, man, we haven't been on the B-plot in a while Um, with, you know, the current day bloody face. What's going on with that? Um, we're back and the police are now at Briarcliff present day and they found Adam Levine's body. Uh, he's got a cell phone in his severed hand and it's on because they're trying to rip off Saw. Um, and they pick it up and they're like, hello. And bloody face, the current day one is like, Hey, just FYI, I'm literally only calling you to tell you I did not kill Adam Levine. All those other people. That was me. But Adam Levine wasn't me. Um, I don't know why I'm calling you to tell you this, but <laughs> I just want you to know this guy right now that you're looking at, I didn't kill him. Um, and the detectives are like, what the, I bet this guy's got a wife somewhere. <laughs> um, and they're like, where's his wife? And I'm like, I guess I would assume dead. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> given that Adam Levine's like turbo dead. Also, we saw her get fucking sniped by those teens like four episodes ago. So I think all of us assume that she's fucking dead, given that she got fucking sniped by those teens like four episodes ago. Oh, you'd think. Um, <laughs> but don't worry. Um, someone's hold- handing me a note right now that says, oh, no, she didn't die somehow. She's fine, actually. Um, Bloody Face has her, and she's alive on his operating table in some non-disclosed location. I'll go fuck myself, actually. Um, and that's where this, the episode ends, is with um Adam Levine's wife, whose name I can't be bothered to remember, um laying on an operating table well the current day bloody face is like oh thank god i made that phone call now the police don't think i killed your husband (laughs) (laughs) um and then that's where the credits roll ta-da yeah somehow that's somehow that's where they decided to end the episode um well, I guess we should do the the funny uh the funny thing where we reveal the episode title um which I thought was 
now I'm thinking I'm worried it's like I'm referencing a Joe Biden meme on accident, but that was Dark Brandon, which is a different thing, and I don't <laughs> think it was Dark Brandon. It, the more, it's like it wasn't a name, but it was Dark something referencing a person. Mm-hmm. Okay, just, was it Evil Steve? No, Tell me, I'm evil. ready. You're pretty close. If you scroll down in the notes, you'll see it. I have it listed for the oh. next episode. Dark Cousin! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Holy fuck. Okay. Yeah. So on uh, the podcast I did before this one, Podcast of the Galactic Heroes, we did a couple Gundam seasons because Gundam's great, as we all know. Um, in G Gundam, there is a character that is literally called Schwartz Bruder, which is Dark Brother, who turns out to be the secret brother of the main character. And there is no way they're going to... A German ninja, by the way. There's no way they're living up to that. There's no chance. So that's all I'm going to think about is, who is this Schwartz cousin <laughs> the entire time? Oh, it sucks. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, is he not even like a cool because co- I'm trying to think now whose cousin do I want to be involved and the answer is like no one I, I can't think of a single cousin I want to meet let me let me look it up real quick I think I it know, is actually very it is. specifically it's a reference to something it's not like it's, I think it's a reference it's to something it's kind of and it's not it's um you'll you'll I, it's you'll see it's like it is a reference to something and then they add some detail to it that it is kind of its own thing I think you know so yeah yeah I think they, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, sure yeah. yeah. Until next time, everybody. Yes. Schwartz cousin. <laughs> See you next time. Later. Bye. <laughs>